When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. I think the first step, you know, they're really talking steps. I, you know, and I'm not saying they're not there right now, so I, I don't want to ever say that. I think the first thing is that just that we are those three things that I talked about, like that we are really a tough team. That um, you know, no matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstances, we do what we say we're going to do and get it done. That that this offseason that we work really, really hard and, and that we compete. You know, you can, you can sometimes, in football, um, get so caught up in the results that you forget the process. And so I think if you're those three teams, then the, if you lose by two or you lose by 20, it's the same thing you lost. And sometimes we, you know, we fool ourselves into like, oh, it's a close loss here, it's a close loss there. You know, this game, you go out each week with a, a mission, you either win or you lose. And so, you know, I want to win as many games as possible, but I want to win the right way. And so the way for me is, is to make sure that, that the things that I talked about in this press conference, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage, not beating ourselves, you know, I'll talk about winning the turnover battle. If we do those things, then the results will take care of itself. I, like every other uh, Cornhusker fan, uh, want to go to a bowl game. You know, I, I don't want to play just 12 games. Uh, I want to go to a 13th game and then that you know to me that's that should be the bare minimum and then I want to compete for the Big Ten Championship I want to compete for national championships um, I just don't think we have the right to talk about that right now here today that's head coach Matt Rule from his press conference yesterday out in Lincoln talking about his expectations for this season and that's why we, we led with this clip for a reason, because we want to hear from you. The number one rule, I know I'm getting creative when I'm saying the number one rule here, heading into next season should be what for Matt Rule? Or the number one priority that he should be looking at going into next season? Give us a call, 888, the phone number here, 888-638-4876. Again, 888-638-4876. Let us know what you think. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio. DB, what do you think? Uh, you know, there's a lot, but I, I, I'll start with what, ha- what has to happen up front. What I think Nebraska has to get back to identifying and developing what happens up front. They can't win without it because they won't have dynamic enough skill to offset mediocre play up front. And so – I've said this before, and I've, getting a, I've gotten a little pushback, but I think historically, if you look at Nebraska's football program, what it's achieved versus where it is and what its population is like, you could easily make the case it has overachieved. The number of national championships with a state that has hovered the majority of its playing time, so I'm not talking the last 40 years, around a million and some people in the state is nothing short of amazing, if you go back to the 1800s. So I want to be clear there. Doesn't mean you can't have those aspirations to play for conference championships, but you could make the case that they've maximized 
given the locale and, and where they are. So what I'd like to do is the best way to give yourself a chance to have success in the long haul is to develop up front. You have got to say out loud and thank the Lord that Coach Rule is a developmental coach. You have to say out loud you're a developmental program. And if you're a developmental program, because what it does, AR, is it creates a mindset. It creates a worker's tough mindset. So for all the skill that some folks think I played with and it was pre-me and for every Mike Rogier, there's a Harry Griminger or a Dean Steincooler or a Dave Remington. Talented guys, but tough guy. Jim Scow, tough guy. John Perella, tough guy. Larry Jacobson, he's a big guy, but he's a tough guy. Rich Glover, tough guy. So there has to be this blend of Abdul Muhammad, extremely talented, way tougher than he is talented. I mean, the guy ruptured a spleen and was fighting to get back in a bowl game. So that's that's number one for me, and I think that's what he's going to be about. And I'm telling you, in the Big Ten West – in 2022, in 2023, that will be enough to give you a chance to play for division titles. It doesn't have to be any. I mean, are you looking at Iowa or Purdue or Wisconsin and saying, whoo, boy, talent galore, man. Look at those skill guys. No. You're like, oh, shoot, gap scheme. I mean, how we stop Mo Ibrahim. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's out there. And, and, I, and I think that's number one. You have to get back to developing up front. Great minds think alike. You and Matt Rule in this instance when it came to building a culture, winning the rep, and playing complementary football. We've always built a culture of defense. Um, I've tried to always offset that, you know, on the other side by, you know, trying to run the football and be physical on offense. Things that we got done at Temple and Baylor at a pretty high level. Um, but I think everything's important. I, you know, I really do. When, when Trev says complimentary football, I just think what you're saying is that every single play counts. And in, in today's world where we all get pulled in so many directions, trying to teach the team that, you know, everybody just needs to go out and win the rep. If everybody wins the rep, forgets the play, what's next, win the next rep. So, I'm, you know, I'm passionate about the game. I love offense. I love defense. You know, uh, I love special teams. And I think that's why, you know, I try to hire staffs that are great teachers, have lots of energy. Follow that up with living up to the standard. Player development is a strength of Matt Rule. But we will look at everything. We just won't sacrifice the ideals and the integrity of the program. You know, uh, the guys that come here, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with a young man wanting to make some money. You know, there's nothing wrong with a young man wanting to make some money off his ability. Um, every one of us, we want to be valued and we want to be compensated financially. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but they have to also want to be here for Nebraska and they have to want to be here for their teammates and they have to want to win. And so when you find guys who want to come here, who want to develop, who want to get a degree, who want to serve and impact the community, who want to win, um, those are the guys that I want to make sure that we, uh, we uh, take care of uh, financially when we can. And I, I know the way it works is the collective, not me. I don't mean to say we ain't get in trouble, but you I think you understand what I'm saying. Um, and you know what? I think it's a great incentive for young people to come in and play well. And, and, and uh, the, the better you play, the more things that you do, the more opportunities that you have. And that, that's really kind of the American way. You know, the more you do, the more you get. And so um, we'll embrace all of that.
Mm. We understand what you're saying, Matt Rule. Or do you understand what he's saying? I absolutely <laughs> understand what he's now, saying. Now, he also said, though, he wants players that will be here for Nebraska. It's not just the on-field product, but it's also everything else that goes along with it. And the tradition of being a premier Nebraska athlete. You're going to give me the stand on my soapbox, so I'm going to try not to. But I'm telling you, anybody that knows me knows that I've said this ever since I've been doing media. You have – I understand coaching relationships, and I'm seeing it firsthand with recruiting. Hey, this coach is really good at this, and hey, this coach is really good at this, and this coach said this, and I'm like, hey, listen, kiddo. Better be more than about that that coach, and it better be more than about that relationship with that coach. What is the big picture of what you ultimately want to represent? Because at no point did I ever say, man, you know what, I'm going to the University of Tom Osborne. And Coach Osborne did not want me to say that. He would always say, play for the end on the helmet. We say the same thing at the high school level. I say the same thing at the youth level. Your one of 11 is an embodiment of the institution that you're playing for. And until that's the most important thing to you, it is very hard to function unless you're uber talented. Take all the variables out of it and believe in something bigger than you. And if you want to be it, there's something that happens when you're not the most important thing going, right? Like if I have your best interest at heart and we're co-hosts, the show will be just fine. If you have my best interest at heart. Which I don't. Well, that, and, you know, hey, hence the start that we're off to, right? <laughs> I'm just so total, total but joke. Do you, you know what I mean, though? It's like if it's about you, it, it just doesn't work over the long haul. I don't know any relationships that can function like that, let alone with 130 guys and gals on a staff and a team that have to work together. If it's just about you. There's no long-term sustainability in that. And you talk about players, but I think it carries over to coaches, too. No question. And in this, in this instance, it, it allows me to tie it back into Mickey Joseph and why I think he should still be on this staff. I can't say it enough. This is somebody that not only – he doesn't coach for himself. He, he could do that anywhere he wants to do it. But he's in Lincoln for a reason, and you don't want to give him a reason to go. Mm. So – Mickey not being on staff is cause for concern to me. And I'm going to tie this back into our poll question today, which was as Matt Rule is putting together his coaching staff, what's your current concern level with Mickey not being on it yet? And when I look at the poll results, it's, it's kind of even across the board when you go from extremely all the way down to not at all. Extremely is 29.5%. Moderately is 21.8%. A little, 27.6%. And not at all, 21.2%. You want to know what I think has swayed that poll just a minute before I let you finish your yep. thought? Matt Rule's press conference yesterday. And he did allude to the fact that he was going to talk to Mickey. And he was so good, you feel like, I think you left that thing with, in Matt, I trust. Right? I, I, I think that's... 100%. I think... How good he was yesterday has swayed the way that people think about that poll. I totally think so. And I know it's complicated. And Rule wants to build his staff around the people that he can trust. But losing Mickey could be detrimental to recruiting. At least in the short term. In the short term, yes. But 
also in, okay, that's a great way to put it. In in the two years that I'm looking ahead to, yeah, you're, in, in you're, the you're looking at current roster and you're looking at the recruits that are already there. You run the risk of losing yeah. some of those guys, two, if not a good a good two, amount. Two guys just this morning Correct. asked me that are being recruited. Mm-hmm. Have I talked Have I talked to Coach Joseph yet? No. Caleb, I have not talked to. <laughs> I have not talked to Coach Joseph. Well, you wake yet. up. You wake up with one in the morning. You know, but so I, it matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't. But this is also a fan base. But that, in the, but I think it's more in the short term than the long term. And, but this is a fan base that really has drawn a good connection to Mickey Joseph oh, after yeah. taking over. Well, so you run the risk of taking heat from the fan base, especially if he goes on somewhere else and has success. And then on top of that, you're missing out on one of the most authentic coaches to come through this program in a long time. Yeah, listen. and I'm not saying Matt, uh, Matt Rule isn't that guy either. I'm just, uh, I get it. This is so hard for me because mm-hmm. I'm wearing multiple hats, but I'm just one person. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I do. And you're also talking to somebody that has, obviously, an extremely good relationship with Coach Joseph. And I'm right? not blowing smoke here when I'm what I'm saying. Like, I wholeheartedly believe no, that he I, needs to be a part of this staff. I understand. I understand. It would be – selfishly, it would be a dream team, right? At least how I'm looking at it. Because you would immediately continue your momentum in the metro, the state of Nebraska – I, I think you would be a step closer to being able to keep guys like Vince Ginta and Kenny Wilhite, who understand this state extremely well. So selfishly, because I think it's for the good of Nebraska in the short term, I'm all for it. I, I do respect Coach Rule and his decision-making because if I'm trusting him, I'm trusting him completely. I'm not just going to say, hey, listen, I'm riding with you, but only if you're a good steward of this. Like, if you're a good steward, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to support you regardless. But I'm, I would be sitting – I'm crazy if I tell you I don't want Coach Joseph around because it's not only good for me. I think it's good mm-hmm. for the immediate future of Nebraska as well. But maybe – and I don't know. Maybe that's not – going to be good for coach rule i have no i and i'm hopeful that the outside noise doesn't drive decision making i know that has did coach rule give you that impression no but no. i'm sa- but i'm also saying like i know that has bled before yeah and it, it has found its way it, you know through a river into some other you know portion of water that it shouldn't be put in so i i don't want that to become a factor the only thing i want to become a factor is Mickey Joseph on this staff. I, re- I, I just can't say it enough. I think he needs to be there, and I, I know a lot of people out there agree with me, but it's strictly because of his relationship building and how he connects with athletes and so, players. So here's the thing. Uh, so there's, there's two things at play here. Number one, there's that. And that's fantastic. But I think the thing that has really rallied the Coach Joseph mass, masses, not just because he's one of our own. He got this team to hang in there during an all-time low. And what do we as a state gravitate towards? Hardworking, being loyal, salt of the earth, Nebraska nice. 
He embodied that. So he captured a state. And with the culmination of beating Iowa, you were so close. And it was like the little engine that could. And I was, it was driving me crazy because I don't care about close wins. I don't care about big losses. I want to win. So the whole close win-loss thing was driving me bonkers. But I could see I was blown away. Every time I would talk to, to, be, to Ben McLaughlin on the radio network show, I would say, I can't believe he's getting these guys to rally. Have you seen these? Pre- like, it's a great point. It's a really, really good point. He was getting these guys to rally and compete every day at practice without the big prize to play for. He made it about self-worth. And when you start talking to me about self-worth and being other-centered and the university, like, I'm going to rally around that because that's what I believe. And not only that, you, you mentioned it perfectly when you, when you talk about, like, the team itself. But when we focus even more on the fan base here, it, just look at the polar opposite differences from Mickey Joseph and Scott Frost. When they saw Scott Frost on the sidelines early on this season, he didn't look engaged in the game. He didn't look like he had a lot of passion for what he was doing. And then all of a sudden, Mickey Joseph comes in and he looks like he drank five Red Bulls before he got on the sidelines. And he's fist pumping. He's grabbing guys' shoulder pads, hyping them up. How was Nebraska being competitive with, with Clement and Ernest Hausman and Luke Gifford's got to play a new position, and but it all started. You're playing without Brock Bando sometimes. You got to play Latovsky. Like it all started when that, that window was, was opened, right? Some of the things that they were piecing together is crazy because it started with him investing in people. When I tell you, if a guy stops a staff meeting because players are knocking on the window, guys, take five. I need for these. I need to talk to these guys. He comes back in the staff meeting and he says, "Hey, listen, they need to understand that they're the most important people in the building." Whoa, whoa what? What? Okay, that's why they play the way that yeah. they did. Eight 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 six three eight four eight seven six. If you want to get involved in this conversation on coffee and cream here on Hale Varsity Radio, we have a caller, Lance, on line one. He believes Mickey and Bill Bush should be kept. Yeah, good call on Bill Bush. Lance, what's up, buddy? Good hey, morning. Guys. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, um, keeping Coach Joseph, I think, is imperative. We need to talk about people that know the program or know what's going on with the program. His his big benefit is uh, being connected to players and parents. I think that the parents really like him. They bought into him. Uh, they trust him. And I think uh, he's the guy that uh, you want to keep around because that helps keep those kids on campus. Uh, with Bill Bush, I look at the work he did in the last 20 years recruiting at all his stops. And I think the best job done this year was with that defense uh, and the changes they end season. Uh, I don't think anyone guessed, would have guessed that they'd be successful if they were, given when they made the changes. So I think at that point, you have a guy that wants to be here who recruits well, who works hard. you got to keep both of them. Hey, Lance, let me ask you something, because you don't mind a good debate. What would you say to people that said, hey, let's get over it? They're not the only ones. Um, I, I think that's being caught up in the Kool-Aid. I think uh, there are other guys that do really good jobs, 
Um, but I think with Mickey, you have the chance to keep a lot of people that are here here um, because these are kids that will have offers from all over. And I think when you were a player, a lot of people that wanted to transfer looked home, and mom and dad were like, "No, you go go eat it." And I think with Mickey, you those parents really do trust that hey, Mickey's going to look out for you. Got it. Lance brought up a great point that there too. When, call. At the appreciate be- that, Lance. At the beginning, when he said uh, the importance on the short term, right? And we go back to what you said, and then it made me think about: yes, there's so much importance on the short term and retaining some of the the future recruits and maybe players on the current roster and relationships within the building, outside of the building. But how it, the likelihood of it paying off is greater than it not right? By keeping Mickey on staff. It's more likely to turn into a long-term successful plan by keeping Mickey than it is just on the short term. Yeah, and I think about guys like Norelli and and Prohaska, and and maybe they aren't intrinsically connected to Mickey, but it certainly wouldn't hurt. You could get a Kevin Williams back, and with new offensive line coaching, man, that's a decent start uh, in terms of what you have to work with. You'd stand a lot better chance to retain Anthony Grant. You could continue to let him grow and evolve in the running back process. A.J. Allen stands a better chance. Casey Thompson stands a better chance. I get what Lance is saying. See, Lance is saying, when he says Kool-Aid, I don't think he's taking a shot at being in love with what Matt Rule had to say yesterday, because I am too. What I think he's saying is, is with Mickey, you're getting the known don't roll the dice thinking it's going to be best case scenario if you think go get somebody else. Like I think that. And you know if track I, record agree proved, or disagree, I I think that's what Lance is if saying. If track record proved that you didn't have to do that, it would make sense to say yes. We put all faith in Matt Rule, no matter what. We don't need a known. We're okay with the unknown because we know. It's and he, it didn't sound like recently. Lance said Kool Aid. I think he's thinking blind. Mm-hmm. Another word for that would be blind faith. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's believing in the things you have yet to see. And some people can operate like that and function just fine. I think Lance is saying, uh, let's go with what we know. And let's speculate here a little bit because do you know who was at the press conference yesterday? None other than Casey Thompson. Yeah, I saw him up there. Well, they had met, he and Charles and had met there were, earlier. There were a bunch of people up there too, like a oh, bunch of players. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you look at – this team this year, no doubt, nobody can argue that the best chance Nebraska had in every football game was when Casey Thompson was playing quarterback. No zero question. No doubt. Zero question. So when you look ahead to the future now, that's kind of what people are grasping onto, the known again. So is it a good thing that you see Casey Thompson there? Or is it a, hey, Especially I just on check the heels out. of reading like the Spencer Rattler reports and, you know, some Nebraska yeah. fans are yeah. like, no. what's the realization on that? Right. You know, but hey, it's it's hard. I, I, I asked this a couple years ago with the transfer portal rules and NIL coming around, and I said, is this fan base ready to cheer for players that they aren't emotionally invested in? I think a fan base, this fan base, is ready to cheer for a winning team, no matter what. Mm. So I would say if it, if it meant this team's winning, no doubt. How about this one? Fantastic question from Eric. He says, what do you think the risk of division if MJ stays? I'm hopeful it can work if he stays, but the risk is division of loyalty 
and the risk outweighs the benefits for me? Eric, that's a fantastic question, but let me tell you something. Hold that thought. We've got to go to break. We'll I'm going gonna, gonna to answer the question on the vision of loyalty with regards to the We'll do that first, and then we'll have a little fun before we talk to Angelique Gallus a little bit later on in the show. So all of that coming up next right here on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. <laughs> 